You're listening to iFanboys Talk Explode with writer Mark Andrew Smith. When the contact everybody, Paul Montgomery here. Joining me this evening is one of those bright young stars of the comics industry, Mr. Mark Andrew Smith, live via satellite from Taiwan. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Hey, Paul, I'm good. What are you doing in Taiwan? Uh, I've been teaching English uh, in Taiwan, and then before that I was in Korea for uh, three and a half years teaching English, you know, to do comics and... uh, you know, get a, a good system going there. So you've got a lot <laughs> of creator-owned projects coming out in 2011 and into next year. Let's start with something coming out uh, right this week, probably May 4th, um, Gladstones, School for World Conquerors. And what is Gladstones all about? Uh, Gladstones is a, a school for, for world conquerors where they can go and learn their craft. You know, there's classes on death reconstruction and Hench management and giant monsters 101. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. But the the children they're all children of you know high profile supervillains in in this world, and they're going to school just to to learn the craft and uh, you know carry on the family tradition. And is this an ongoing or a self contained thing? Um, we're going to shoot for for the ongoing. It's it's going to be really hard to do, but um, you know because it's just a lot of work doing a, a monthly month to month, but. You know, we're, we're going to roll up our sleeves and just go for it. And your artist on this one? Uh, his name is Armand Villebert, and he did uh, Zapped through Tokyo Pop before. Okay. Now, with licensed projects over at the big two, they're going to assign you an artist. But on a creator-owned project like this, how do you end up with your artist? How did you find Armand? You know, the power of the internet and, uh, you know, being online. So I, I saw Armand's work from uh, Zapped, who he was doing a, a book with another writer friend of mine, and that was concluded. So I saw the artwork, and I was like, okay, I like this. Uh, you know, Armand would be pretty perfect for, for Gladstones, just with his style. But, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, there's so many great internet sites, like, um, you know, the, the drawing board and and uh, Pencil Jack and uh, DeviantArt, you know, mm, so sure. it's just... Goes on and on and on, and uh, satellite soda too, which which are are my good friends. So it's got to be a case of uh, always be hustling, keep your eyes open all the time. Yeah, it's uh, so much hustle to to get anything done, and then uh, even once you know you're teamed up, like it, it could go like six months in, and then something something happens to to like stall a book, and you know you have to hit reset. So, I mean, it's just kind of nonstop, and you just have to be really really diligent, and also like personable too so you know if you see an artist online you can uh you know just send them an email and you know tell them why they're the perfect person to draw the book and uh just just be friendly and uh personable and i think that's that's like most of it there now all of your creator-owned projects all of your projects have, have gone through image comics um are they the publisher that you automatically think of when you sit down and, and come up with a concept for a book my, in my opinion, the best publisher is Image Comics, of course, and I'm, I'm really biased because I've published with them for a long time, but I mean, they are at the forefront of like creator rights and letting you keep all of your property. So, I mean, so much work goes into creating a comic book that, you know, people 
think they're lucky or whatever, you know, to go to like a independent publisher, but you know, they take like 50% or 30% of the, the movie rights and all that. So, you know, and, and the advances are like pretty small there. And, uh, you know, once you're under the, the Marvel level or whatever. So, I mean, Im- image is like the, the perfect place for me. And I would love to just, you know, pull a Robert Kirkman and do almost everything there. <laughs> and and you, ha- you obviously have an established relationship with, with Image Comics, but for anyone else who's trying to put together a pitch for Image, what is, what is the bare minimum? What do you need when you go in and say, here's my idea for a story? I think you, sh- you should have about 10 pages of, of finished colored and lettered art mm-hmm. through like a, an exciting scene. And then uh, a series Bible as well, and a description of like where the story will go for for about twelve or fifteen issues, and then uh, like a character sheet. But uh, yeah, don't. Well, I guess you are quoting me, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think like you know, go to the website and check it out. But that that's probably it. Just do ten ten solid pages, and then uh, you know, make sure you have an understanding of storytelling and and colors and uh, covers and everything. All right. So getting back to Gladstone School for World Conquerors, um, would you consider it an, an all-ages book, a teen book? Or are you cognizant of sort of what, what audience you're writing for? Uh, yeah, it is all-ages. And um, I, I consider it more like a, a young adult title. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it is all-ages and just for, for like a wide general audience. And uh, it's it's pretty cool because this one is, uh, you know, with New Brighton, it's, it's my fantasy story, but that came out in an original graphic novel. So here we're doing the, the monthly series and, you know, it's aimed towards the direct market and has superheroes as well. So I think we're hitting like all the, the right notes with this one for, for direct market. And we've seen a lot of emphasis placed by publishers and by individual writers on the young adult market and on all ages comic books talking about how it's going to save the industry and everything. Um, and a lot of those books have, have failed or succeeded. What do you, what do you think is the key sort of to the success of a good all ages young adult kind of book? Um, I think it's just making sure it's a lot of fun and then, uh, you know, do, doing something original. But I mean, even if you have the, the most original book, it, it comes down to just, also being diligent and, you know, willing to push it and, and market the book as well. Because, um, you know, I think a lot of people, they'll, they'll finish something and then they'll, they'll just get uh, like a story up on, on one of the, the comic book coverage websites and, you know, they, they think their work is done. But, I mean, there's so much more in terms of like promotion and, and marketing that, that goes into it. And even there, you know, you're, you're like kind of like cutting it close. So it's like an uphill fight. Um, and then for, for the direct market, you know, the retailers really like the, the tried and, uh, you know, tested stuff like, like the superhero books. So, you know, with, with like a, an OGN, original OGN for, for the children's market, it is kind of a risk to, to ask them to, you know, spend money on an untested quantity. But I hope it improves. And uh, also thinking outside of the box, too, from, uh, you know, places where, you know, they do a lot of coverage of, of kids stuff outside of the, the comics crowd is a, a really good idea as well. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy the books, but I also sort of have to question if it's so hard to get the stuff going and if it's it's harder to get stuff that's that's untested, like you said, and it's not licensed character, it doesn't have Wolverine on the cover. Why go creator own? And why and you know, why go for the the youth market which you've which you have done with with Gladstones and with New Brighton, 
Um, I mean, is it is it important to you to provide something to younger readers or? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we, we need to ensure that there is a, a next generation of readers. So, you know, I think there there is kind of like a, a call to arms to, to do your part for that. And, uh, you know, Kirkman has the, the Super Dinosaur or Super T-Rex coming out, uh, sure. which sounds like a, a great time. And, you know, I mean, more and more people are, are doing their part. It's just a matter of getting uh, getting that stuff to kids, you know, and in front of them. And a lot of them, like, don't go to comic shops, but but some things, you know, some sometimes they will or they have parents that are, are comic book readers. Uh, but, I mean, just about getting clever. I think in comics, um, you know, this sounds kind of bad, but mo- most people are, are lazy or, or, you know, the quote, it takes money to spend money. So they, they don't do anything like that or handle it like, like a, a regular book publisher would, you know, where there's like author tours and like a, a promotional or marketing budget and things like that. So, and then they just release a book and then they're like, throw their hands up like some infomercial girl where it's like, oh, it's so hard to cut these potatoes, you know? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it just takes, you know, it takes work to, to reap rewards from it on uh, on the marketing end, I think. All right. So speaking of, of putting in the work, um, and we've mentioned um, New Brighton Archaeological Society, you ran a Kickstarter campaign with New Brighton Archaeological Society Volume 2. Volume 1 is already out. It's won some awards. Um, volume two is still, uh, in progress, right? Um, yeah, we're working on it right now. And, uh, you know, we successfully reached our goal, um, or, or pretty close to it, uh, for the next one on Kickstarter, which, which was great. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a really good site because, uh, when you're, when you're doing comics, you know, if, if you do put cash into it for, you know, colors and letters, it, it really does add up. And then, uh, you know, you, you go and like, uh, put it out, but then, you know, after the retailers get the, the cash back first and everyone gets the, the cash back before you. So, you know, any money that, that you put in is just, you know, goes into like the black hole. So this, this is like, I don't know. I think it's, it's pretty fair because, you know, there is like a little like tributary that, that does kind of go to you that makes creating more books possible. And it's not like, making you rich or anything it's just so that you can create more of the book and uh for me it's basically like great i gotta work for free you know (laughs) through like and it is uh stressful and a lot of work to make it but you know i mean that it really does help a lot and i think it's a a good system and setup for for anyone who's unfamiliar with what kickstarter is it's a website um we've promoted a couple of the kickstarter campaigns on the website um different comic projects. And it's not just comics. There are, you know, people, we, we know some people uh, like uh, Hank the Intern uh, working on uh, a film project and um, you can kick in uh, different money amounts. It's like you're, you're pledging, you know, it's like calling into public television and, and pledging for this product. And um, I've, I haven't seen anyone offer up tote bags yet, but you can get little incentives um, like, you know, having a credit in the book for, you know, a smaller donation or, you know, having a cameo in the book I've seen. Um, yeah. Uh, some people, sometimes people will, will draw caricatures. Um, what, were some, what were some of the in- incentives for New Brighton? Um, for us, we had, uh, you know, get a copy of the first book and second book and then uh, some, some of the other books I've done. And then uh, also you can get, get yourself drawn into the book and, uh, you know, we'll probably create like a, a character, you know, based on you or, uh, or a thank you in the book or original artwork. But, um, 
you know, I mean, when, when you do it, you really got to focus on maybe five things just to, to give away so that the people don't feel overwhelmed. Right. Um, I've seen like, you know, like 20 different, you know, promotional levels and it gets a little daunting and you're like, do I get that if I do this too? And yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of tempting, but then, uh, you know, I think it just, the, the more simple, the the better for, for you in the long run. Yeah. And if, if you were to look at the Kickstarter campaign page for the New Brighton Archaeological Society Volume 2, you may remember, you may notice a familiar voice in there. Um, I, I provided a narration for it. You did a, like a trailer, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, you did a great job on that. So <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it, was, it was fun to put the trailer together because, um, you know, I have a friend that, that does like TV and, and surf video editing. So, you know, from from university and he was just great to help out on that as well. So we, we got a good good little, you know, presentation together, you know, using your voice and then uh, the artwork and, you know, multimedia. Has Kickstarter been successful for you? And even in broader terms, do you think Kickstarter has been successful overall with other comic projects? I think, um, you know, the interesting thing is we we did Kickstarter twice and uh, the first time we did really poorly and we bombed like completely, but, uh, you have a, you have you know, a target, you know, yeah, we had a, we had a target of, uh, 4,000, but, but we, we didn't do it. And it was just cause you know, there wasn't like an overall plan. So the second time we did it, you know, we, we had more of a plan together and, uh, you know, we, we just got everyone rallying behind us and the, the support has been really overwhelming. And, uh, you know, that, that made us feel great. Um, but we, we just had a, a plan in place. So I think for, for a lot of people, if they just put stuff on there and then just leave it as is, you know, it, it won't be successful. But if they have a good plan or, uh, you know, some angle towards, you know, what kind of story there is and then can go to someplace, you know, and, and promote it on there, then they'll, they'll do a lot better. If they're doing a horror comic book, hit up the horror websites and, uh, you know, do an interview and then get your friends to to spread it around and, uh, you know, spread the word for it. And have, I mean, have you talked to, to, you know, other writers and artists who've had success with Kickstarter or have had, you know, failures with Kickstarter? Um, I talked to one from Germany and he did a, a really great job on the, the Wormwood Chronicles. He wanted to create uh, an iPad app for it. And, uh, you know, he did well. And I've, I've talked to a few other creators too, who, who've done well for it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's worked really great for them. And so I'd, I'd highly recommend it, even if you're like a really established creator, um, you know, who has like awards or, or like, you know, like a Mike Mignola or like Steve Niles or whatever. I think that's even fair game because it, it's not really like a charity. I mean, you have something of value that you're giving away. And I, I see it more as a, a pre-ordering system, you know, that could be utilized just to help creators, you know, with, with their costs for books and, and financing and setting up a project. And, uh, you know, it'd make a, things go a lot smoother in comics, you know, on our end and a lot less stressful, you know, as far as like, okay, how are we going to get this, this money together, you know, to, to create this project and make the next one happen? Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard it described as, you know, publishing on demand. It's instead of having sort of a publisher look at something and evaluate it and say, this is going to sell, so many copies or whatever and decide whether they're going to pick up a project, a potential, you know, pitch or concept, whatever it's, you're actually going to people, your potential audience and saying, would you want to buy this? And then they will support it with their money, however much money they want to put in or can't afford to. Um, so you're, you know, it's actually, it's, it's cutting out the, the middleman a little bit 
Um, do you see it as changing the way um, the comics industry works going forward? I mean, we have a really weird system of, you know, solicitations and everything going through certain channels and stuff. And I mean, do you see this being the future of how people put stories out? Um, yeah, I think it could be. There, There is a lot of, uh, like, you know, how with, with records and uh, the, the internet, you know, like record stores kind of, uh, you know, faltered because just everything is going more direct with like the, you know, the iPad and, uh, you know, comic book readers and, and iTunes. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't want to see like stores, you know, in trouble. But for, for Kickstarter, I, I don't think it's a threat or any competition for stores because it is, um, you know, building in an audience and you, you cut a trailer and uh, building a fan base so that actually they, they kind of work hand in hand uh, in kind of like a, a symbiosis or, or synergy where they're one's helping the other. So if, if you do that on Kickstarter, then then people are going to go into the shops and it, it's going to make a bigger difference than, than had you not done it. And it's just going direct to comic book stores. Mm-hmm. Um, having done one, you know, one Kickstarter campaign that didn't work out so well and having one that, that did succeed, um, what do you see, like, are there, are there any secrets to a good Kickstarter campaign? Um, I mean, just any bullet points for anyone who wants to try it out? Um, I think just, just have a, a good plan in place and, and support system. So if you're, you're doing a kid's book, you know, go, uh, to a website that, that focuses on kids. For us, we did, uh, Geek Dad on Wired and we, we got a really solid interview on there. And that was kind of the the rally point, you know, by which to to stage the the Kickstarter campaign, and that was really incredible because it just went all over the internet, and people, you know, uh, liked it and shared it on Facebook and retweeted it, and uh, you know, I was just blown away, and it was, it was really impressive as well. But also, just you know, have have a realistic goal as well, uh, you know, where where it does where it is fair, and it's just like okay, like and explain exactly what the, the money is for and, uh, you know, how it's going to be done and, uh, you know, keep, keep people in the loop with it. Would you use it for all projects or is it, I'd, there are certain I'd be kind of tempted to. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think there's a certain kind of project it works for. I'd, I'd be tempted to do it more, but you know, it's like kind of the same point, like, okay, are you overstaying your welcome if, if you do a lot of them? Because, uh, you know, I've been looking uh, to creating toys for, for Gladstones because that's kind of interesting for me. And, uh, you know, it might be like a startup cost, like a figure-by-figure basis of uh, like a 1000 or $2,000 to, to do that. So I think that, that would make sense. Ideally, I would like it if you, you could do that uh, for project-by-project. Project, but, you know, you just got to make sure, like, people's feathers aren't, aren't ruffled you know, buy it or they don't see it as, uh, you know, being very threatening. But I think every, everyone benefits from it. All right. So speaking of Kickstarter, let's talk about the book that you used Kickstarter to kickstart of New Brighton Archaeological Society, Volume 2, follow up to a very successful graphic novel. What's the pitch for the series overall? Yeah, the New Brighton Archaeological Society it follows a, a group of kids and their parents were the most famous archaeologists uh, oh my gosh, it's not rolling off the tongue, archaeologist in the world. And uh, their their parents get taken out by their old nemesis who is, uh, you know, like trying to gather this library of magic books uh, so he can, you know, kind of fulfill his, uh, you know, ultimate evil nefarious goals. So the kids, like once their parents are gone, discover this the society that they left behind and they have to go and, and finish their parents' work and, you know, battle their parents' nemesis. And they, 
they team up with like some mythical creatures and uh you know go on all these like huge fun like action filled romps you know and just go nuts so it's it's a really fun book to write and then in the next volume you know it's more action and uh because we could just get a pick off up right away where the last one left off and in the first one it's like a lot of exposition and uh you know just establishing that world but here we just get to like fire right off the bat and uh you know, just get in a nonstop action. So there's some really cool sequences in the next one that, that I'm looking forward to, to people reading and then, you know, hearing their reaction to it. And um, same artists and everything on board? Yeah, series? Matthew Matthew Weldon's on board, and uh, he's a fantastic artist. So I, I hope to be able to work with him forever. Like, I think he's just the, the perfect artist for, for everything. So... You know, we'll, we'll probably try to wrap this up in, in three or four books. And then, uh, you know, once it's done, uh, like, fingers crossed, we can, you know, work on, on something for for more of the direct market. Like, I'd like to do, like, a superhero book with him, um, you know, and we have something kind of planned that, that we want to do. You're also collaborating with uh, James Stokoe of Orkstein, right? Yeah, James is uh, blowing up on a, a huge level, and uh, I, I knew him from from Pop Gun. I think I was one of the the first people to know about him, and uh, probably like Joe Keating and, and Brandon Graham, of course, because he he comes from the the House of Yosh uh, in Seattle, which was the a collective with Corey Lewis, where all those guys were like living in a house and uh, you know creating comic books and and like mentoring and learning from each other. And he's just a, a comics machine, like he's. Fantastic! You I mean, can just, just that whole book, you know, Orkstein does like everything, and I mean, draws yeah, it, writes just, it, he colors it, letters. You just look at it, and you're you're blown away by it. And um, I've read uh, Wonton Soup that he did, mm-hmm. and that's such a fantastic series too. Like that that had me in stitches, just like cracking up at at the jokes. And you know, you look at the art, and there's just funny stuff in there, like e- everywhere you look. So. I'm really excited about uh, Sullivan Sluggers and, and having it come out and, you know, getting getting people's reactions to it. And uh, it's it's been a lot of work, but it's going to be a fantastic book. And, you know, I think it'll it'll find its audience and people will really enjoy it. And Sullivan Sluggers is about uh, baseball and mass destruction, as I understand it. Yeah, it's uh, baseball, mass destruction, and, you know, like a, a town with a curse on it where people turn into monsters after the sun goes down. So it's this baseball team. They get an invite to play, you know, in like some remote town. And then after the sun goes down, the people turn into monsters who are basically using the, the team or like the, the invite to call out for like pizza delivery. And, you know, their plan is just to, to feast on the team. And they've been doing it for years with like, high school teams and volleyball teams and everything. So, um, you know, these baseball players are having none of it. So they pick up the bats and start going nuts and use all their baseball skills to survive through the night, you know, and it's got like, you know, find a shed chainsaws and, you know, Molotov cocktails. And it's just throwing everything up against the wall and and having a great time. So I'll be so excited when when that book is done and, and people get to read it i'm excited to read that that's like just picturing you know what he's gonna do with that that sounds really fascinating that sounds great yeah. um all right and then um you know readers might also uh know you from uh the and this is my first instance of, of, of seeing your name was the amazing joy buzzards um which is reminds me a lot of a uh, japanese band called uh, guitar wolf um okay <laughs> um but uh yeah it's like you know uh rock and roll and um 
everything else too. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot of fun, and that's with um, artist Dan Hip, who um, uh, is a pretty consistent contributor to our weekly SketchUp series. Um, we love his sketches, and uh, and so there's there are, there are existing Joy Buzzard stories out there, and there's more to come, right? Uh, yeah, there's more to come. It it took a while to get the the next one out, so I know everyone's been been waiting for for a long time but it, it'll come out and uh be fantastic too because i i've you know of course i've seen the pages from it and just like oh my gosh this is this is so cool so i i see the pages i, I geek out about them and uh you know get get really excited uh at the new stuff he's doing but it's it's been a long wait and and i know like people will enjoy it and it'll it'll pay off but you know it's it's a great book i'd like to to get it wrapped up in the next two years just completely so it it is like in the the pantheon of uh comic book stories you know just as a a whole set that people can read from beginning to end and again all of the books we've been discussing are through image comics and you've mentioned robert kirkman's name in the conversation do you agree with his stance on creator-owned comics versus licensed properties? Um, are th- are there any licensed properties that you would want to write for if if you were so invited, um, or are you perfectly happy doing creator-owned projects as you've been doing? Um, I'm perfectly happy writing my own characters. Like, I mean, if I could just do books through Image and they're they're my own thing for forever, then I would I would do that absolutely and just just keep it going. But you know, at the same time, if if they approached me, of course, I would, you know, write a book and uh, just just try it out to to see if I can do it. Because uh, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, screw those guys, create your own. But you know, I think that would be fun as well. So I'd I'd like to write some stuff. But it's it's kind of a pain because like, oh, we're using this character for that thing, or you know, you can't use Superman that week uh, because he's in like, you know, double crisis. So. You know, that, that stuff would be kind of hard to, to deal with on an editorial level. But, you know, I'd, I'd be game and just, you know, put, put my best, uh, you know, best focus to it to, to try it out. But at the same time, I, I absolutely love doing creator-owned books. And, you know, I'd, I'd be fine just, you know, working on my own creator-owned world for, you know, as long as I can. Okay, so uh, I think that wraps up pretty much everything, all of your, your various projects that you've got working on. Um, but... Uh, the immediate thing is May 4th in comic shops from Image Comics, Gladstone School for World Conquerors. Yeah, we're thrilled about it. So make sure you pick it up on May 4th. And this is all about uh, kid villains learning to be their bad selves. Yes, releasing the inner bad child okay. at uh, Super Villain Academy. And that's it for this edition of Talksplode. I'd like to thank my guest, Mark Andrew Smith. Make sure to check out his book, Gladstone School for World Conquerors, out on May 4th, as well as the New Brighton Archaeological Society, Volume 1, out now, Volume 2 coming soon, uh, The Amazing Joy Buzzards, uh, some of the Pop Gun books, all that good stuff. For more on Kickstarter campaigns and all the comic commentary you could ever possibly need, check out ifanboy.com. See you next time.